Our second reading today comes from Matthew chapter 19, verses 13 through 15. Then little children were being brought to him in order that he might lay hands on them and pray. The disciples spoke sternly to those who brought them. But Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not stop them. For it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. And he laid his hands on them and went on his way. The word of the Lord. When is the last time you were truly surprised? There's really not that many true surprises in life, is there? In fact, in many ways, we try to keep life under control and minimize surprises. My wife and I, we're a little different when it comes to surprises. So when we were pregnant with our first child, Morgan wanted to wait and find out the sex at birth, and I didn't. So my excuse was that I was afraid we would create this perfect gender-neutral baby room. And then upon finding out the sex in the hospital room, I'd be grabbed by the collar and instructed how to go home and create an appropriate gender room for our new baby. So instead of hanging out with my family, I would be at home painting. But the truth is, I was afraid of the surprise. I needed to know. I wanted to know. So I won, and on the first child, we found out. So being a good husband, we went the route of surprise for our second child. One of the greatest thrills of my life was waiting and guessing, and then finally announcing in the intimacy of the hospital room with my wife and all the other necessary hospital personnel, and sharing, then going out and sharing with family who had been waiting outside the room on pins and needles and being able to say, it's a girl. And I said, it's a girl three other times in my life. (laughs) In our text today, we see the disciples get surprised by the words of Jesus. In fact, often throughout scripture, the disciples and those around Jesus are surprised by what he has to say. Just when they think they've got it all figured out, Jesus surprises them with a new revelation. Or even more shocking, he surprises them and says, no, I I think you actually got it all wrong. The kingdom of heaven looks a little more like this and a little less like that. I want to invite you this morning to open yourself up to be surprised by God. I want to invite you this morning to open your hands a little bit and anticipate that you might not have it all figured out. I wanna invite you this morning to allow the possibility that the kingdom of God might be bigger than we often think it is. Would you pray with me? God, would you surprise us today? God, we sit here as best we know how and we open ourselves up to you. God, the things we think we know, we let them and hold them a little bit loosely today, hoping that you would surprise us and show us a picture of your kingdom that is bigger than we could think or imagine. We thank you for the example of Jesus and the life that he lived, and we pray that we might learn from it today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As a person in my young 20s, I was experiencing a hunger for God, and there was a church that I loved to attend I was challenged there, I was encouraged there, I was being fed there, and I was soaking it all in. So one Sunday, I'm sitting there taking it all in, just eager to hear whatever is being said. 
and a child starts to make a little noise. And I'm a little annoyed, but it's okay. But then the baby's getting louder, and I'm moving past annoyed to slightly frustrated. And now the baby's crying, and the parents are in the middle of the row, and they're trying to figure out what's going on. And I'm getting visibly angry. And maybe like the disciples, I was speaking sternly to the folks with my glances. The pastor, possibly noticing others like myself, stops his sermon and addresses the mother and father, which is a risky thing to do. And he says, hey, babies cry. We get that. I had babies, and my babies cried. I can see this is causing stress for you. We have a room in the back. You're more than welcome to take advantage of it. But don't worry about it. Babies cry. We get it. I'm fine with it. Everybody else is fine with it. And he went on preaching. In that moment, I was surprised. I was truly surprised. I realized that that was the absolute right response. Babies cry. You're welcome here. We get it. It was a beautiful moment, and my heart opened up a little bit that day. I had a new understanding. I imagine in some ways this was similar to the moment the disciples had here in the 19th chapter of Matthew. Here are these parents trying to bring the children to Jesus for him to pray for them. And the disciples are speaking sternly to them, protecting Jesus from this nuisance. After all, Jesus was on to bigger and better things than dealing with little children. The disciples were acting within the cultural norms and protecting Jesus from this waste of time and helping them stay focused on the bigger picture, or so they thought. What we have to understand is in the first century Greco-Roman world, children were of little significance. Today, in many ways, children are central to our lives as society and families. Today, parents sacrifice for their children to give them the best possible lives. Children are precious to us. But the first century world, they had different issues than we do today. Children were vulnerable, and first century parents were much more accustomed to the possibility of losing a child. Mortality rates were tough, and the survival of a child at birth, or at six, or at 16, were not givens. Some have even suggested that at the time, children were really equal to slaves from a social status perspective and weren't considered valued until they reached adulthood. So of course, the disciples were doing what they were expected to do, what they thought they should do, what they thought was right. After all, children had little value. And then Jesus surprises them. He truly surprises them. No, let the children come, make a way, in fact, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Can you imagine the disciples' surprise? Did he just say the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these? Suddenly, the disciples are stopped in their momentum of understanding the kingdom and doing the good work they thought they knew to do, and they realized they had it all wrong. Suddenly, the kingdom of heaven gets bigger. Children, even children, are welcome. Jesus teaches us that welcoming children is a necessary and theological matter. I love how one commentator put it. 
Welcoming children is a particular and necessary expression of the call to love our little neighbors as we love our big selves. If we were to flip back one chapter in Matthew, Jesus has already told the disciples this once, yet they are quick to forget. In fact, Jesus says in Matthew chapter 18, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever becomes humble like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Let me pause here and brag on this church for a minute. Because in so many ways, you guys get this. You've embraced this faith-sharing moment that we do each week where we often let the kids run around the sanctuary and you never know quite what's gonna happen. You've fully embraced kids being in worship and you've made room for their little noises and their shuffling energy. They don't sit still, they just don't. But you've allowed it and in fact, you've welcomed it. And I believe the kingdom of God has gotten bigger in this room. Would you agree? The kingdom of God has gotten bigger in this room. Praise be to God. And parents, can I just speak a bit of encouragement to you? I get it, it's not always easy having your child in here with you. You worry they're disrupting the people around you. I mean, how is it possible they really need to dig in the busy bag once again? I think they've looked at everything in there three times. Or how is it possible that moving around a few pieces of paper can make so much noise? I get it. I'm just like you. I'm locked into a holy moment that's happening in worship, and my child is sticking a finger puppet in my face. (laughs) I came here to be in the presence of God, and instead I'm in the presence of these monsters. Someone (laughs) save me. But here's what we believe. We believe that distracted worship is often better than it feels and that the struggle is worth it. We believe at the church this is absolutely the place where children should be welcome. And we believe that the kids are learning by immersion, similar to the way you'd go learn a language by living in another country. These children are learning the language of the holy, they're learning the language of mystery, by watching and absorbing the people of God worship God and act on their faith. And I don't think that can be overstated. And church family, we are learning by their presence in here too, aren't we? Our first reading today, Psalm 78, speaks of declaring the things we've heard and known to the next generation so they may know God and set their hope in him. Friends, when it comes to passing on faith to the next generation, this church's greatest assets is not our budget, it's not our facilities, and it's not your staff. The greatest assets to passing on faith to the next generation is you. It's the people who know God. That is our greatest asset. And so why wouldn't we share this? Why wouldn't we share that with the children? As Jesus said, The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Jesus gave time to the children that day, and the disciples learned something. We have been giving time to children here, and I think we've learned something too. You see, the minute we think we understand the kingdom or have it pegged down, 
Jesus crosses a cultural barrier. Jesus loves somebody we wouldn't naturally love. Jesus welcomes somebody we try to keep out, and the kingdom of God gets bigger. The disciples learned this that day. I learned it that day in Houston, and we've learned it here in this sanctuary at WHPC. Let the little children come to me, and do not stop them, for such, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. Of course, the challenge of this passage extends beyond children. As Jesus said, the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Children are innocent, joyful, curious. The kingdom of God belongs to others who are innocent, others who are joyful, others who are curious, such as these. Children are vulnerable, dependent, exploitable. The kingdom of God belongs to others who are vulnerable, others who are dependent, others who are exploitable, such as these. In many ways, it's hard to stand here today and not talk about the vulnerable children and thinking about what's happening at our borders with families being separated. Wherever you fall politically, the ethic, the dignity, the love, the embrace that Jesus demonstrates to the children has to shape our understanding of what's happening there. In our passage today, Jesus is shattering the preconceived ideas and broadening the definition of children for the first century world. I wonder how Jesus would challenge us today as we think about that situation or other situations involving people such as these. Thomas Long, in reading this passage, said, the reason this command to not stop the children from coming is hard is in effect it's a command to knock down the barriers of the church and all the little ones, all who lack worth and status in the eyes of the world. The little children, the migrant worker, the forgotten woman in the back of the nursing home, the teenager abandoned on the mean urban streets. These are the ones to whom the kingdom of heaven belongs. They have nothing, nothing except the care of a merciful God Having nothing but God, then they have everything. There is challenge, there is accommodations, there is even sacrifices in welcoming children. And there is challenge, there is accommodations, and there is sacrifice in welcoming others who lack status or worth. Those who have nothing going for them except the care of a merciful God. The invitation to come to the table is extended to all, even to such as these, and even to you. To come and find that everything we need is found in Jesus Christ. Because when you have nothing but God, you in fact have everything. Thanks be to God that the kingdom of heaven is not as small as we often think or imagine. Thanks be to God that his love and mercy surprise us and is bigger than the boundaries we often draw. And thanks be to God for the children of this church who remind us of that weekly. Amen.